Hello and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I am David Bax. And thank you for listening, David. What's going on? How you doing? Pretty good. Pretty What's, good. What, what are you What are you up to? Uh, you know, just uh, just twittering. That's right. Twittering the day away over at uh at, at the Pretension. So Twitter dot com slash, slash the Pretension. The Pretension. That's where people can go to uh, follow your twitters. Yeah, I'll, I'll say things about movies occasionally. Absolutely. And, and other times I'll just tell you what I'm doing, but I'll try to be. Yeah, I'll try to be pithy and, uh, you know, a smug asshole about it in a way that uh, should be entertaining. Yeah. Well, speaking of us being smug assholes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Yes. No, okay. we did get it's no. I, I don't want to sound like I'm uh, denigrating this this listener. He made he made right. he made a point. There's a guy who uh, posted on our on our on our forum, and uh, we felt occasionally people will say things on the forum that we think should be said to. The rest of the listeners, yeah. or, or or that we should respond to at large, um, and this guy accused us of being smug in a way that we were sort of uh, passing our opinions off as fact. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to say that this is the Battleship Retention is not the news page; it's it's the editorial page. Mm-hmm. There's there's an assumption that pretty much everything that we say. Uh, unless it can be proven, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's a joke. But pretty much everything we say is our opinion. Yeah, that that's that's just the nature of the show. So when we say, if I say that you know, like say for instance, one of us brought up the fact that we don't like Fight Club. I don't know if that's ever happened, if we ever talked about it in the show before. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> so if I say Fight Club is a bad movie. I'm not saying that like it's a fact. I mean that can never be a fact anyway. Right. And uh we'll get into that in the topic, I think. Yeah. But um uh that's the the assumption is that it's an opinion. So uh you know, I'm sorry if we come across as smug, but don't take it too personally because we're not attacking your opinion. Right. We as just we, happen to have microphones in front of us. Uh, right. And I mean as we've said before um and I responded to to him on the forum and and I you know I I hate when I sound like pompous and arrogant, but it's hard, you know, it's hard not to when you, like you said, when you have your own show and you're, you know, and you're expressing an opinion. But what's more is you're expressing it to your old friend who's who has kind of a similar uh, taste in film and all that. And so uh, I know that for myself, I will sometimes be I, I will say things that perhaps are a bit too extreme uh, and so, so I apologize if we've if we've offended anybody. But as David has said, um, and as we've explained on the show in the past, you know, uh, like if you think you know there there's movies out there that David thinks are bad and I think are good, and when I say that they are that I think they're good, I'm not saying you're an idiot for thinking they're bad. Um, for example, the new Solaris, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoy it. You do not. That's right. And the very fact that I now, like, if I said I think it's good, and then David says, "Well, I think it's bad," I I am not taking it to mean that he thinks I am an idiot for thinking <laughs> it's good. Because as I've said before, you know, if, if somebody has, you know, if somebody can defend why they like something or why they don't like something, and they can do it in an intelligent way, um, then frankly, I don't care that we disagree. You know, and mm-hmm. so. So, yeah, hopefully – and that's the thing. I mean, it's important to bring this up because we do have a great deal of, of new listeners. Um, you know, if ever we say something that that you take personally, I assure you we don't – as David has said in the past, like, we don't look down on somebody who can intelligently defend their taste and who we disagree with. I look – I if I look down on anybody, which I don't like the phrasing of that, but if I do, it's somebody who just says – who will just – dismiss something without having seen it or clearly they haven't even seen anything really like it i mean you know when i worked at uh, various video stores you'd run across people who'd be like oh that mo- lost in translation that movie sucked what was it? it wasn't about anything <laughs> it's just like okay um there are so many things to say here and right. i i don't have the energy you know um and so in that if if you're one of those, which I I imagine you're probably not, uh, then one of those. If you're one of those people, see, I'm sounding pompous already, <laughs> but I'm okay because it's we're talking about these people over here, um, <laughs> you know. So so yeah, all that is to say to echo what David said. Don't 
you know, try not to take anything too personally and rest assured that we are not casting, uh, you know, we're not judging you as a person if we are, if we talk about a movie that you like or something like that. So, so yeah, but thank you very much, uh, to the person that posted that because I, I like that, uh, you know, we want to we want to keep this transparent. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. we don't want to censor anybody if they disagree with us or or, uh, you know, want to call us names. <laughs> so, uh, OK, anyway. let's real quick. The past couple of episodes, we've spent the first like 10 to 12 minutes doing like announcements. So let's not do that this week. Right. Let's we, we got but, places to be. Dave. Yeah, <laughs> I do. But uh, let's mention uh, the donation drive because it's a fun thing. How come you assume that I don't? I didn't. I, I said didn't we've assume. got places to go. And you said I do. Yeah, yeah, I do. You said we do. I but, also but, have I, but we don't have some place to go together. Well, no, that's true. That's true. Yeah. We, in fact, we really only see each other once a week anymore. <laughs> and I kind of miss it. Um, um, okay, <clears throat> but as David was saying. Yeah, yeah the donation donations. drive. It's it's. This is a fun thing. Don't think of this as some announcement. You have to, oh, we got to listen to them, get their shit out of the way. Yeah. No, this is the donation drive, and it's fun for all of us. Yes. Uh, all you got to do is go over to battleshipretention.com. And uh, you can look. You, you go to the the, the, the dona- donation drive has its own uh, page on the on the website, right. and you can look at all the awesome prizes: DVDs and CDs from our our past guests. You know, many of whom are comedians. Yeah. Some of whom are, are filmmakers. You know, documentarians. All kinds of uh, all kinds of great stuff. Um, lots of very funny stuff and interesting stuff that you can win. Go over there and look at it. Uh, all you got to do to be entered is to go to battleshipretention.com, which you're already at because you're looking at the no- donation drive Absolutely. page. Absolutely. There's a, there's a button on the donation drive page, David. It couldn't be easier. It could not be easier. <laughs> um, click on the donate button. Uh, any any uh, any donation of $5 or more gets you entered into the, into the raffle. Right. And we will be doing this uh, up until and including June 1st. So, um, so yeah, right. just... Uh, you know, wait. Uh, June first is a is a Sunday. I think it's a Monday. Well, we should say May thirty first then. May thirty. We'll, we'll record okay. on May thirty first. So, okay. Yeah. Um, we should have worked the, this out beforehand. Sorry. <laughs> and then the following week, we will announce who won the raffle. Um, but yes, uh, and so yes, you do stand to win something. But also, uh, we would really appreciate it if you if you donated. And as I said, uh, you have no. There is no obligation to donate a lot. Yeah, just it's it's, it's not just to, to so we can buy larger popcorns when we go to the movies. Right. We're, we want to we have we have fees, website related fees and stuff we need to cover. Right. We also want to upgrade some of our equipment. We've been yeah. doing this for a while, and we have pretty much more or less the same equipment as when we started two years ago. And when we have guests, which by the way, David, we've got some good guests lined up. Oh man, I'm excited. Do we ever? Um, and so when we have guests, we do book uh, studio space, and that costs money. And just you know. Mm-hmm. Eh, for those of you who have your own website or, or your own podcast, even um, you know that I mean, it you know it doesn't cost a great deal of money, but it do, but when you when you want to put out a good product, mm-hmm. um, you know it uh, it adds up, and so that's that's what we're uh, you know that's what we're putting the money towards. So uh, so yeah, if you could help us out, we would really appreciate it, and hopefully through this raffle we can you know give something back. Um, so yeah, the donation okay. drive button on battleshipretention.com. Done. Done and done. Okay, speaking of Twitter, let's let's start the uh, episode now. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um I forgot we were going to talk about this. This is the second time I forgot. Well, I yeah, I'm uh as I might have mentioned, uh I'm I'm twittering uh for the podcast over there twitter.com slash the pretension. Yeah. Um and so I was I was checking the Twitter the other day, uh and one of one of the one of the guys I follow on on Twitter is a is a the comedian uh and actor Aziz Ansari. Yeah. And whom you can see uh, on uh, Parks and Recreation, which yeah. is actually a pretty good, pretty good show. Uh, it's over now, though. It's over now. Yes, but you can go to Hulu or whatever and watch. But it. he's going to be in a uh, Judd Apatow's movie, Funny People. That's right. He's got that. Yeah. He's in. He's in Observing Report. He's the funniest part of his Observing Report. Okay. Did you see it? No, I still haven't seen it. Oh, it's there's a lot to talk about. Okay. Um. Anyway, so uh, I see I see this very urgent thing on his on on his Twitter about like. Uh, AMC, Regal Theaters, IMAX is bullshit. Read this, and so I, I read his blog. And That's for not the bad as he's, uh, I'm sorry, impression by the way, just <laughs> higher, louder, faster. I like it. <laughs> um, uh, so I go over, I read, I read his blog, and w- so what happened is he went to see Star Trek. For a lot of people, probably know this. I, I would imagine a lot of people, movie fans, have have followed this story. But for those who don't, he went to see Star Trek at the AMC Burbank. Um, which is uh, one of my least favorite theaters in Los Angeles anyway. It's pretty rough. Uh, not that it's a bad 
theater, the not that the the accommodations are bad. Yeah. It's that it's like all high school kids all the time. It's yeah. a very annoying place to see a movie. Yeah. Anyway, so he he went and saw it there and um, uh, noticed that the IMAX screen that he paid an extra five dollars for was not that much bigger than a regular movie screen. It's certainly not as big as the what is it like seventy two foot yeah. or whatever yeah. IMAX screen that it, that that I've seen. That I, those are the only IMAXs that I've been to are the real ones. I I went to that theater uh, and saw Watchmen on the quote unquote IMAX screen. Um, now, thankfully, uh, Jen and I were using um, some AMC passes that were given to us, so we didn't have to pay like the extra amount. Oh, okay. So, th- but I imagine that if we had, well, we probably wouldn't have. But uh-huh. um, I mean, and if and if you look at the comments on uh, on Aziz Ansari's blog. Uh, I mean, people are just like IMAX is more than just a big screen. It's a you know, it's it's the way it's digitized and it's the sound. And I'll say this: when watching uh, Watchmen, uh-huh. the sound was. Wait, I mean, who who watches the Watchmen in what, this story? You and Jenny, I guess right? It's me. Yeah, okay, I watches the Watchmen. <laughs> um, and so uh, <laughs> I did not expect you to think that was that funny. It <laughs> was really funny. Um, and so, uh, but the sound really was. I mean. Pounding and and the screen looked really good, and it did seem it certainly looked bigger, um, but yeah, I mean I'm I'm absolutely with uh, yeah, no, the, on this the, one. The, the commenters are right in this in the fact that IMAX is not just a big screen; it's a package. Yeah, part of the package is the big screen. Right. That's I mean, that's a big part of it. Yeah, I, and I would say to the point that I mean I think people now understand a little bit more about like you know, how important great sound is and all that. But for years and years, for, you know, as long as IMAX has been around, if you were to ask, you know, my mom uh-huh. or really any, like, any relative of mine say, hey, what's the difference between IMAX and regular and regular theaters? Big screen. That's, yeah. that's really all they would say. And, um, um, I mean, it gets worse here because it's not AMC trying to, like, uh, pass off their right. largest screen as IMAX. Right. IMAX is okay with this. They've sold the name to yeah. these AMC and Regal theaters uh, and allowed it to, to essentially push an inferior product under their name. Right. I mean, at this point, I think they understand that, like, oh, man, we, we can stand to get a lot of money here, you know, mm-hmm. just because our name does have an association with it. And, and yes, the association is quality film mm-hmm. or, you know, but... It is also that big screen, and and IMAX has to have known that. I mean, the company of IMAX, they they, they know that the public views them as the the guys with the big ass screens. Yeah. You know, so the fact that they're putting it out there, I mean, they could always, if they wanted to, they could always, you know, kind of plead ignorance and say like, well, you know, our the IMAX label means you know uh, a bigger screen, yes, but also quality image and quality sound. It's like, mm, I think you're lying. <laughs> I mean, because they have to know that to the to I'd say ninety five that and that's conservative. Ninety five percent of people in the country, if not the world, IMAX means big screen. Yeah, and so, yeah, uh, yeah, it's and all, all they had to do was brand it differently, like call it like you know IMAX Junior or whatever. You yeah. know, that's all they had to do, and this would have been understandable. Well, but but it's it's the it's the subterfuge that yeah. that bothers me here. And that's the th- but that's the thing is IMAX Oh yeah, people pay an extra what was it? 5 bucks? Mm-hmm. People pay an extra 5 bucks for that. IMAX Junior Wait, what? I'm not paying extra for that. You know, it's and so that's why they wouldn't call it that. They need to give it's, people it seems the impression. obviously I haven't gone to business school or whatever, but yeah. it seems like now that people know about this Relating the name of your company to an inferior product it does not seem like a good long-term business strategy. I don't think so either. But but I wonder how many people are actually bothered by this. Yeah. You know, I mean, it is a screen that's bigger than what people are used to and it's louder <laughs> and it's and it's too and it's, you know, I mean, they're not showing they're not going to be showing uh limits of control on an IMAX <laughs> screen. They show big loud movies on an IMAX screen and so when people 
when when an, you know the average person who doesn't really think about this sort of thing, which is kind of I, I'm not judging them for that. Believe me, because it's it's a big deal. But I didn't think I I wouldn't think of it either. Uh-huh. You know, um, like if they went in and saw Watchmen or Transformers or Star Trek, and it's on a screen that's bigger than the than the rest, and it's really loud. I don't think they're going to wind up having any complaints. Mm-hmm. So I think really the only people that are bothered are, you know, film nerds like us. It seems like a shame because it seems yeah. like something that people should, whether or not they really care about the size of the screen, should philosophically be bothered by. And what's fascinating is when you look at the comments on Aziz's uh blog and Mr. Mr. Ansari. Mr. Ansari, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I feel weird calling him that, but I don't know why, but Aziz Ansari, because like, yeah, this was just on his little blog. Uh-huh. Like, it seems like just a guy, but no, this is a guy who's been in movies and TV. Mr. Ansari, thank you. Uh-huh. Mr. Ansari's blog, like, the comments are overwhelmingly against him. I mean, people are uh, calling him like a whiner and all that. I mean, I think it has to do with the fact that he wanted some of his money back. Uh-huh. He wanted the $5 difference between regular theater and IMAX. Which is awesome to me. Yeah. Um, and also, it's people who don't realize that he's a comedian because yeah. he has a whole thing in there where he talks about, like, where he says that he said to the manager, like, you know how many people follow me on Twitter? Like, <laughs> obviously, he didn't really say that. Yeah. He's a comedian. Yeah. That he's being funny. But they take it at face value because they don't know that he's being funny. And what I like is that when you read it, it's so written in his voice. <laughs> you can absolutely imagine him saying this to you. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, and it's just people who took it too seriously but also, it just I, when I read it, I found it funny, but I also f- thought that he was making good points. And the sheer number, I really expected all the comments to be supportive of what he was saying. And I'm, I was amazed and dismayed at how many people were defending these, these companies when, in fact, they, these companies are doing something, uh, I would say, wrong and dishonest. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, but yeah, so I, Battleship Pretension comes out in support of Mr. Ansari. That's right, absolutely. Um, and do you have a? Did we put a link to that? Uh, did you put a link to that on your Twitter? Uh, I did. Yes. Twitter.com slash the Pretension, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so you can go. Uh, you can go to uh, David uh, David's Twitter, which is. Uh, it's it's the show's Twitter. I'm just the show's the, Twitter. I'm yes. just the one tweeting. That's right. I wish I could. I wish I could do that. Why? I don't know. Um, <laughs> it looks like, it seems like fun, but I feel like, ugh. like when I do like Facebook status updates, part of me is just like, why am I putting this? <laughs> you know, at this point, I just use it for show updates for like all my Facebook friends. Yeah. Like, hey, we've got a donation drive going on, which, by the way, we do. The, we do. <laughs> you can find out in Battleship Retention dot com. <laughs> um, and so. So hats. So yes, hats off to you, David, for doing so well in the Twitter format. <laughs> I, I, the jury's still out. Not to, not to me. I'm I'm proud that that's our Twitter. Okay. So, uh, but we've been talking for a while, David. Yeah, let's get into it, shall we? Absolutely. We're uh, okay. Frankly, let's be honest. We're kind of taking it easy this week. Oh yeah. No yeah. no big academic talk about topics, and the reason is because tomorrow we're recording a shit ton of guest episodes. Yeah. Yeah. And we just recorded an episode of the Paul Goebel show. Yeah. We're, we're going to be on the Paul Goebel show. Now, there's usually like a lag time, so it might be like a week and a half yeah. Uh, yeah. before that shows up. But uh, it was the uh, – we did it last year. We we showed up right after the season four finale of Lost to yeah. talk about the previous season of Lost. We were invited. We didn't just show up. Oh, really? Oh. I think I just showed up. Oh. I knew when Paul reco- – so you were invited, you're saying, last year? <laughs> Oh shoot! I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so anyway, we did it. We did another sort of season wrap up of Lost. It was yeah. it was uh, it was fun and nerdy, and I got the trivia question right. You sure did. Oh, that's a spoiler, isn't it? Yeah. Now there's no reason for them to listen. <laughs> Although there was a really good uh, uh, mashup that Jim did, uh-huh. and he really committed to it. Um, but uh, but yeah, so we are taking it easy this week, and that's all right. You know. So what we're going to talk about, yeah. which I'm pretty sure we haven't done before. Uh, no, we've, we haven't, I'm sure we've talked about this couched in other topics. Right. We haven't done Uh, just an episode on guilty pleasures. Guilty pleasures. Now, first I want to start by talking about the term. Okay. Um, cause I'm kind of using it for the name of the episode here Mm -hmm. and kind of 
doing a little tongue in cheek because I don't really actually support that term. I think yeah. if you feel guilty about liking something, you don't really like it. Hmm. You wouldn't like something if you didn't find something re- re- redeemable about it. You know, uh, redeemable, I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at my list here. There's uh, there's stuff on here that is not that redeemable. Um, but it's stuff that what, I enjoy. Why don't you start then with your list and I'll... Uh, All right, I'll kick this off. Okay. Um, you know what? I'll kick it off with... Uh, oh, gosh. All right, let's do this. The Friday the 13th series. Okay. There is nothing redeemable about that series. Maybe the first couple. But those aren't the ones I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm talking about when I, when my friends and I back in high school, and this is not nostalgia, by the way, because I was watching real films in high school as mm-hmm. well. If, the, if I was like 11 or 12, all right, I could chalk this up to nostalgia. It's not. Mm-hmm. We would rent and watch like Friday the 13th parts like... Four, five, six, I don't know how many others there were. but uh, And we would watch these really, we would watch these. How many are there well, actually? You don't know? It was like, it was like, like 11? Like a, like a, like a lazy baker of uh, <laughs> Friday the 13th films? Well, I think, okay, well, let's see. There's, okay, I think eight is when Jason taked, uh, taked, takes Manhattan <laughs> Uh, and then after that, I believe Jason went to hell. And then I think it was Jason X. Uh-huh. Then I think it was Freddy versus Jason. Which yet yeah, is that is that canonical or not? I think it is. Really? It's as canonical as any of any other of them. Okay. Do you consider the Aliens versus Predators films to be canonical in the no. Alien stories? No. Neither do I. Okay. Good. I deny that they even exist. Right, because the Alien series is actual quality sci-fi, uh-huh. uh, and it won some Academy Awards and was nominated for other Academy Awards. The Friday the Thirteenth series did not uh, <laughs> get any nominations uh, any of those years. So, uh, wasn't there a costume design one for the fourth one with the? Well, I mean, I know that they really, I mean, they really made that, uh, you know, that jumpsuit or that, uh, the coveralls, they really, like, tore them Which up. one has Crispin Glover in it? Is that three? Ah, uh, three, I think. Three or yeah. four. So. That's, uh, that's the only reason to watch any, I'm not, I'm not a big, uh, I only watch horror movies if I think they're actually going to be good. I, that's actually not where my guilty pleasures lie at all. Horror movies, I don't, I don't really like. Most of my, basically, <laughs> horror and comedy, now that I'm looking at this. Horror and comedy are where my guilty pleasures lie. So as I was saying, I would watch them for like the the brutal, ridiculous deaths, and uh-huh. they'd be kind of funny. But you get kind of a fun little thrill. They're not scary, right? But you get kind of a fun little thrill out of them. But if you get that thrill, then there's something redeemable about it. Is it? I I mean, I, I'm not sure why I'm getting the thrill. Because it's well done. I don't know how well done they are either. Like. I enjoy wa- like I would enjoy watching like the like the blood and guts that were obviously fake. Uh-huh. I-, I don't know. Like that's the thing. But you it's wouldn't say are you are you saying these movies fall into the so bad they're good category? Um. No, because when my friends well, see, and I okay. watched them, okay. we weren't laughing at them. It, like so bad they're good are movies that are that are earnest. First off, uh-huh. I'd say most of the time. Um. And they're so bad. You mean the earnest movies? Yeah, yeah. Oh shoot, I forgot to write those down because I love those things. Um, stay tuned. So, uh, but like they're just they're very. They didn't. A lot of them don't really know how goofy they are. Right. They actually believe what they're saying, uh, and they're so bad that you and your friends laugh at them and make jokes about them. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like my friends and I, Friday the Thirteenth movies, like we. Uh, watch them and been like, oh, this is awesome. Like, but in like the worst possible way. Uh-huh. I don't like who I am when I'm <laughs> watching and enjoying Friday the Thirteenth movies uh, or any of those others. You know, Child's Play or whatever. Like, just I, okay. I got a weird. I, I loved gore when I was a kid. And but if it's, 
<laughs> I like that we said yeah. we're going to take it easy, and now I am getting into like that's fine theoretical stuff here. But I like the idea that we ruin the, the <laughs> seemingly fun topic of guilty pleasures. Um, okay, if the, we've we've said before, and I've said many many times, okay, my it's pretty much my movie watching philosophy mm-hmm. is that whether or not a movie is good or bad is almost wholly contingent on whether or not it fulfilled what it set out to achieve. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, now, I will say there are certainly... Uh, one of one of the worst movies ever made is Roland Emmerich's Godzilla. Yeah. That's a movie that fulfilled exactly what it set out to achieve, but because it did it with cynicism and condescension, mm-hmm. uh, that makes it not a good movie. Okay. Because it's not it's not a good movie at heart. It never set out to be a good movie. Okay. It, uh, it achieved being a mediocre movie with lots of effects that would sell tickets. Yeah. That's what Roland Emmerich does. Anyway, but the people who are making Friday the 13th, they're not setting out to make great art or have great characters or story. They're setting out essentially to do what you're saying. Come up with some crazy gory deaths. But they're not, and they're not doing it out of cynicism either. Not doing it just to sell a ticket. They're doing it because I think the people who make those movies like that stuff. I will say that, like every documentary that I've watched about, like uh, on on Netflix, there's a documentary called uh, "His Name Was Jason." Clearly, it was made uh, as a like a promotional tool for the remake of Friday the Thirteenth. But um, but it's it's interesting. I mean, they interview a lot of the directors, a lot of the cast members of the old series. Chris McGlover. They don't get around to Crispin Glover or anybody else who went on to do things. Who else in Jason movies went on to do things? Corey Feldman. Oh. Um, probably some others, I imagine, somewhere. But uh, And everybody involved has a great deal of affection for what they're doing. I mean, uh-huh. you're, you're right when you say there's no condescension. I mean, they just they all seem to be just having a good time. And I guess, I guess maybe that's... You know, that, I, I guess... Because I have I have stated in the past, certainly on the show, um, that I don't like a flippant attitude towards violence. Uh-huh. I feel like I shouldn't. I really shouldn't be enjoying the right. very flippant attitude. Towards you're, you violence. know what? You're like the health food junkie who has a shoebox full of ho hos at the top of the closet. <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, and so for that, but that's the thing. I still I still find them fun, even if I even if I think they might be slightly immoral. Uh-huh. Uh, and so I'm not so for that reason I feel very guilty for liking them uh-huh. um, well that's going to get me into my thing here because okay. it's the same thing that I should feel guilty about this flippant attitude towards violence you talk about yours are comedy and horror yeah. mine are comedy and action okay uh, I remember um, when I back when we were both uh, in school uh, mm-hmm. uh, at, in, in Springfield, Missouri oh, yes. at our first school um, first college uh I somehow convinced you to go see Wesley Snipes and Maury Chaykin in The Art of War and Michael Bean. I like that you gave Maury Chaykin higher <laughs> billing than Michael Bean, which nothing wrong with that, by the way. But yes, go ahead. Um, I don't know how I convinced you to see that, by the way, but uh, yeah, you're a good friend, Tyler Smith. Yeah. But um, I guess so. <laughs> I fucking loved it. I thought it was it was really cool, but it's a really, really dumb movie. Uh, as far as plot and character go. I don't remember anything about the plot. The only thing I remember is Maury Chaykin getting s- stuck in like a, <laughs> like a like revolving a door oh, or something. Out. Yeah, that's yeah. what it was. But not because he was fat. Like somebody caused him to be stuck. Yeah. And there wasn't sh- not, not a whole lot of comic relief in Wesley Snipes movies. <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> that was, and that worked in the bl- first two Blade movies. Oh, yeah. And then they tried to put a bunch of comic relief in Blade Trinity. Oh. And that's not the only thing that caused that movie to fail. Yeah. It was also terrible. Okay. Um, but uh, I loved Art of War. I loved, like, the shootout in the hallway. But it's just it's just Wesley Snipes and Michael Bean, and they can't hide behind anything. And they're basically yeah. just, like, rolling back and forth and bouncing off the walls and trying to shoot each other. And it was just cool. But that's the thing is I, I, will, I will turn the tables now on you, David. I would say that because the nature of that shootout uh-huh. kind of flouts – that's the right word. Flouts convention uh-huh. because there is nothing for them. I mean, there's nowhere for them to go. They're not out in the open, but they also have nowhere to hide. It's just two guys firing uh-huh. at each other and trying not to be hit. Yeah. Just as much as they're trying to hit the other. That in itself is so inherently pure 
uh-huh. that it's that you never see it done except in like westerns and even then it's it's usually just like one shot one kill who's the fastest yeah know? and so um so i would venture to say that though i didn't care for the movie that that sequence is a good sequence because of what it chooses not to do and because yeah. it recognizes that in most in most one-on-one uh you know gun fights in action films there's going to be all these little things that somebody can hide behind or what a, these clever things they can do there's no cleverness involved it's just two guys who are desperately trying to kill the other person and fighting for their own lives uh-huh. and so i think I think actually there's something redeemable in that. Uh, well, that's what that's kind of my point is that yeah. why I'm 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 sort of using the term guilty pleasures with 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 quote, quotes around it. Oh, okay. Because I uh, I wouldn't like a movie if there wasn't something good about it. But but the the reason that the art of war gets put into that category as opposed to as opposed to like a good action movie, mm-hmm. like I know I I, me- I think I mentioned the show or this movie a lot. Uh, probably on podcast, but uh, the transporter movies, oh, yeah. specifically Transporter Two, because it's awesome. Yeah. Um, it it's fun all the way through. Yeah. Art of War was like it had, had its moments. It had awesome scenes in it, and then it was just like a slog to get to the next action scene. You yeah. know, whereas uh, Transporter, even the Transporter movies, even when they're not in action mode, they're still in like sort of pumped up fun movie mode. You yeah. know, and and Art Art of War, I think I think Wesley Snipes probably had a big hand in the way that movie turned out, which yeah. is why the action is good, but he's such a self-serious guy that he sort of dragged the other parts down. Yeah, which is kind of un- unfortunate because I, if if you see him in, like, comedies or something where he has to be kind of kind of a charismatic-type character... Yeah. He's actually a lot of fun. Yeah, he can do it. I, I don't want to sound like I'm uh, talking smack about Wesley Snipes. I'm actually yeah. a Wesley Snipes fan. Right. As I've said before. Yeah, and so... See, and that's the thing is, I, I feel like most of the movies on my guilty pleasures list are are movies that aren't aren't really that good. I mean, they may have a couple moments here and there, but for the most part, like, okay, Deep Blue Sea. Uh-huh. Aside from aside from the awesome Samuel L. Jackson death, which is fun because again, it's doing something a little bit new in that, like, whoa, that guy just died at a at a moment when in most movies he wouldn't die. Uh huh. If he did die, it would be heroically at the end. Yeah. Not like this. Not He's not like the first one down, you know. And so, um, but aside from that, like, like sharks eat a bunch of people. And uh-huh. I love it. And <laughs> I know I shouldn't. You know, I, I reviewed it for the community paper when I lived in Nixa. And, uh, you know, I gave it the the predominantly bad review that it deserved but if it is on television uh-huh. i will watch it because <laughs> it but it's not good but i just enjoy watching these characters being eaten by sharks it's the same reason that i like you know what even jaws for even from a guilty because the shark attacks are staged so horribly you can't tell what's going on so i I've don't never even that. seen jaws for that's a bad movie that's so bad it's it's good, but it's dangerously close to just staying bad. I've seen um, Jaws three, which is what like the under underwater amusement park thing, right, right? Which is crazy with Oscar winner Lou Gossett Jr. Uh-huh. as opposed to Jaws four with soon to be Oscar winner Michael Caine. <laughs> um, but the uh, but like I remember I I like certain aspects of Jaws three. Like there's a a point when uh, a character has been killed and his body but nobody knows that yet um and his body's just just like floating around so like there's a lot of like tourists that wander into the undersea you know kingdom or whatever Uh and they see oh look at all the fish (laughs) and then you just see this torn up corpse floating there (laughs) that's it's trashy entertainment and what's more it's not really played for laughs Uh but i find it kind of funny (laughs) yeah and i just because like hey that a little eight-year-old is probably traumatized now <laughs> and then also like there's a moment where also like it was done in 3d and if you're not watching it in 3d you get to say like oh that's where the 3d <laughs> was because it looks like uh the shark is dead and just floating there when in fact the idea is 
in 3D, it would be right at my head, you know. <laughs> uh, but there's a moment where the shark is about to ram uh, the undersea kingdom, and a little girl's like, Mommy, look at the fish. <laughs> and it's like, even a dumb eight-year-old <laughs> recognizes that this thing is 35 feet long and coming right at you. But anyway, uh, but I enjoy these movies. I enjoy watching these characters. Uh, there's a character in Jaws 3. This is this may wind up turning into like on my part an extension of a, an extension of our awesome movie death episode. <laughs> by the way, there's a character. Okay, because I'm in the mood to do this, I'm going to refer to the shark as Jaws. Jaws. <laughs> uh, Jaws swallows a man whole and alive. Uh-huh. So the man is. So we get shots from inside the shark of the man inside the shark, like trying to get out and not, re- and he's trying to get to the mouth. Oh, but it's just shut. And now what am I going to do? And so he's like pounding on the side of the inside of the shark. And like, <laughs> and I remember it's like, look, I'm not a biologist, but sharks aren't hollow. <laughs> you know, this isn't Pinocchio about a puppet who <laughs> came to life and is now inside living inside a whale. Like, I don't think this man would be able to do this. And also, why would the shark just swallow this entire man <laughs> without biting once? And just like, but I, uh, but I freaking love watching this man on the inside of the shark. And, uh, and the fact that he is still inside the shark, undigested, incidentally, uh, and, and, uh, holding a grenade, holding a grenade. And, yeah. uh, and then Dennis Quaid, uh, bends a bar. And God, reach- is it Dennis Quaid? Yeah. I haven't seen it in so long. And reaches it into the shark's mouth and pulls the pin on the guy's grenade. That's what kills the shark right. eventually. But, uh, yeah, that whole... There's nothing I should like about that. Nothing. <laughs> but I love it. Ah, <laughs> uh, I'm an idiot. I, why would anybody... Why would you people listen to any more episodes <laughs> after this? I'm so sorry. David, do you have anything now? <laughs> Action movies, whatever, comedies. Yeah, well, I want to talk about the difference between the Roland Emmerich. I can't stand. Yeah. Um, another guy I can't stand is Simon West. I, I don't. Uh, I'm trying to think what he's done. Uh, Con Air, and okay. I think he did the first Laura Croft movie. Okay, and he did uh, General's Daughter, I believe. Right, which yeah. is bad for other reasons. Yeah. Um. Except for that one part where. Uh, John Travolta's making fun of the local sheriff, and he's like, he's referring to him as the deputy, like, you should get some of those reflective sunglasses for you and the little one. Yeah. It's <laughs> a good line. James Woods is doing yeah. some good work in there. Yeah. And, um, anyway, uh, what was I talking about? Simon, Simon West. West. Yeah. And um, Roland Emmerich. It's, some people consider Con Air to be a fun movie, but I, I can't stand it. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's bludgeoning. That's what it is. But, I loved it at the time. <laughs> but there's some like it, I I'm not going to completely blame Jerry Bruckheimer. Okay. For these. I know Jerry Bruckheimer gets a lot of the blame, but there's a difference between Simon West and Michael Bay, yeah. Jerry Bruckheimer movies and then the ones that Tony Scott has done. Yeah. Like Top Gun is very much a Bruckheimer type movie. Yeah. But I love it. I yeah. love Top Gun. Uh because it doesn't it doesn't have Certainly behind the scenes, there is a cynicism of just, like, making a big movie. Yeah. Like, let's put X amount of dollars into getting these fighter plane, fighter jets. Yeah. And uh, if, you know, Y amount of people see the movie, then we will have gotten the money back. That yeah. seems like the there's a formula there. But you've got Tony Scott, who knows how to make a fun movie. Yeah. And he, he knows that the movie he's making is not uh, a big statement or anything. Yeah. But he's still using his, his craft to make it. So... Yeah. Uh, Top Gun is a, is a completely much like the shark in Jaws three. Yeah. It's a completely hollow movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> well done, David. But uh, but it's a lot of fun, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and one actually not again. I don't I don't mean to necessarily uh, attack Jerry Bruckheimer, though I have in the past. Um, at the time, that was Bruckheimer and Don Simpson. It was two. Yeah, it was two guys, and then Don Simpson died. Don Simpson like by uh, by all accounts was a fucking monster okay <laughs> like i don't think i don't want to i don't want to make it seem like he's fucking you know robert evans over there like putting well, right, good movies right. together he I, but i feel like he he keeps them slightly tethered to the ground i mean i love love crimson tide 
Mm-hmm. You know, and that was it's another Tony Scott movie too. Yeah, and so I feel like, you know, and then and then they made The Rock, and then Don Simpson died, and then that's when, you know, that's when all the worst Bruckheimer well, films, except Black Hawk Down. Let's set uh, The Rock aside because I want to talk about okay. Michael Bay at length right. or at some length in a little bit, um, and get back back to other Jerry Bruckheimer movies because. Um, and actually, we'll get into we'll get back we'll get to Michael Bay in a, in a while, but I want to okay. get into comedies for a second because All there's right. another Jerry Bruckheimer movie. Uh, that I love, but not because of its action, because of its comedy, and okay. it's Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, I th- I literally thought you were about to say Kangaroo Jack. <laughs> uh, no, no. Okay, I but um, Beverly, like, Hills Beverly Hills Cop has action east action type sequences. Yeah, but like by today's standard, I mean that movie's like what twenty five years old now, more than oh, that. Jeez, uh, yeah. was like eighty three or eighty four? Eighty four, I think. Yeah. Um, Jeez. By today's standards, the action in that is like wooden. It just, yeah, uh, you know, it's got the part at the beginning with the that car that's or the uh, the truck that's barreling through all the cars, and yeah. and Eddie Murphy's hanging on in the back, and that's kind of exciting. Um, but um, like the the shootout at like the mansion at the end is like, yeah. oh, this is so boring. They're just like standing there and shooting. There's it's nothing like, going it, on. It's as if they said, "I'm going to shoot now." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, no, now it's my turn to shoot. It's like they're having a duel, but not face to face. But um, so I mean, Beverly Hills Cop is is a it's a big dumb movie with a, a dumb plot that just doesn't really work. It has, I mean, this character is given way too much leeway. Yeah, <laughs> um, he's from out of town, <laughs> another state. In fact, I don't yeah. think you should have as much authority as you do. <laughs> yeah, um, but you get to see this just the stuff Eddie Murphy and Bronson Pinchot like sort of riffing together, which is yeah. the funniest scene in the movie, and that's. Uh, that's another whole thing that I think we're about to get into. Bad movies that uh, have enough funny stuff in them that they're watchable. And we've right. we've talked about Dirty Work before. Well, Dirty Work's right here on my list. Uh, from a from a, and this is I've said this a million times, but from a like film construction standpoint, Dirty Work is like a a, a handbook to what uh, what not to do. Yeah. It's so poorly made. And I mean, it's just and and all those all those types of movies. I mean, Tommy Boy. Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison. I mean, they all where it's just like somebody acknowledged that. Uh, yeah, I guess we got to have a story or something. <laughs> it's like, um, oh geez, uh, evil land developer. Um, <laughs> yeah, but and then it's all, it's man. also like the cinematographer's job is just like make sure we're in the shot. <laughs> like, right. the, yeah. Don't, don't, uh, don't pl- don't fuck around with any lenses. We just need the, the normal lens. Stand here and don't move, and we'll be in the shot. <laughs> right, and just exactly, and just like uh, just make sure that you keep the lens cap off uh-huh. while we're shooting, and the lights turned up bright enough that everyone can see us. Right, exactly. <laughs> that's all that's important. And just and also just like the characters, uh, they they don't they don't serve. I mean, like, oh, okay, Norm Macdonald is playing. A character very similar to Norm Macdonald. Uh-huh. Uh, Artie Lang is playing him. Uh-huh. And here's uh, Jack Warden as a dirty old man. <laughs> That's all you need to know. Yeah. And just like, but it, it's a bad movie. It's a bad movie. But, and I never really thought this. I, I, I attribute it to, uh, among other people, um, friend of the show, Matt Belknap, just the way that he thought of comedy, which is, does it make you legitimately laugh? Uh-huh. Not the laugh of recognition, but the laugh of that's funny. And if it does, it doesn't have to be good. And I'm not now, <laughs> I'm not sure if that is, you know, if that would fly back in film school. Uh-huh. But based on that criteria, in my view... Dirty Work is like in my top five comedies <laughs> because it makes me laugh so often. And it's just weird. It's weird punchlines. It's just I love the. I don't know. If this is in the trailer back, but it's one of the funniest parts of the movie. And the guy's like, "That's pretty funny. You you getting us beat up back yeah. there? Really? You thought that was funny? I mean, we thought it was funny. Yeah. But you guys were getting your asses kicked. That and just <laughs> and I mean, I do like the the concept of the character with no inner monologue. Uh-huh. Who you know he go he hears that uh, who's it Trailer Howard is the girl I, I can't remember she uh, she ha- you know her grandmother he hears that like there's prostitutes <laughs> in her grandma's building and so these attractive women are walking out and he goes hey are those prostitutes 
<laughs> and then, uh, and then, and then he looked, and then Trailer Howard goes, "What?" He goes, "Oh, I mean, uh, who are they?" <laughs> it's, it's, kind of, it's the kind of comedy where, of course, he said, "Are those prostitutes?" Very loud, very clearly. Trailer Howard clearly understood what he was saying, and then, but he says, "Oh, I mean, who are they?" And she just accepts that. Because that's how the joke is supposed to be. Uh-huh. Um, that and then little things like uh, where he he says, well, I got to he's talking to the girl trying to impress. And he's like, well, I got to go now. I got to go uh, lift weights. What? <laughs> like just it's it's just this weird arbitrary form of comedy that I love. I love Norm MacDonald. Uh-huh. He's one of the funniest people in the world to me. But just nothing about him should be able to translate out to a film uh-huh. a feature length film and it, it almost doesn't right but it's it's funny right what, what, what other comedies do you have on there? i've got uh let's see i have mystery men and, yeah and i uh we can talk about that where i recently rewatched it and i still there's i still kind of like it because just the weird tone of it um but i don't find it really that funny anymore it's it, the the film's kind of like a <clears throat> it's it's overall a failure but it's kind of a respectable one because it 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 was trying to do something and it it seems like you've got this you've got you've got like a music video director i can't remember the guy's name making his first feature yeah it was uh, like a one name director right oh was it i think so i don't remember though um so you've got him trying to do his like color colorful you know fish angle or fish end fish eye wide angle lenses yeah you know, and uh, all kinds of uh, stuff like that. And then you've got, like, Ben Stiller trying to do his... Because this is, like, pre, you know, romantic comedy lead Ben Stiller. This is Ben Stiller trying to, like, have his his own very bizarre version of satire, which, when when done right, is amazing. There's some people... I know a lot of comedy fans listen to us and don't need to hear this, but they already know. But for people who don't know, God, go rent the Ben Stiller show on DVD. Oh, yeah. Because if you don't know how funny he used to be and still can be, yeah, you 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 owe you owe it to yourself to watch the Ben Stiller show. Have you still not seen Tropic Thunder? By the way, no, I haven't seen it. It uh, it has moments of really sharp satire, but for the most part, it's just like ah, there's not a Missed lot of opportunity. edge to this, and there there should be you yeah know, more. But uh, so yeah, that yeah, ben, uh, Mystery Men is it's still it, that uh, that's almost perfect for this topic because it's it's such a failure, but. There's, it's got just enough in it to keep me. I can watch it again and again. Like oh, I, yeah. I love this, a spoiler, I guess. But uh, Greg Kinnear's death in that movie, oh yeah, is insane because it's like hilarious and also legitimately disturbing. Yeah, I mean, it just it it this thing I think called like the defraculator or something <laughs> like that. And of course, why wouldn't it be called that? Um, and it just manipulates his physical form until he just turns into this weird like abstract painting version of himself but it's actually him and he's like burned up and gross and is and it and it looks like his mouth has jagged teeth and screaming and his eye is like bugging out and it's uh-huh. just it looks it really is creepy yeah um it's it's a film that really like it's not very good i mean like you said it's it kind of fails at what it's trying to do but I still enjoy it. I enjoy the weird casting. It's like, yeah, did you know there's a movie with, like if you told someone, hey, there's a movie with William H. Macy, Ben Stiller, Hank Azaria, Tom Waits, Janine Garofalo, Eddie Izzard, and Jeffrey Rush, <laughs> right. I'd say, you're lying to me, sir. <laughs> and also, uh, what's his house. name? From Nickelodeon. Oh, is it Keenan or Kel? I can't. I think it's Kel. I okay. I'm not. I, I can't remember. Yeah, the, oh, one, that's, the we, one that's not on Saturday Night Live. Oh, and West Studi, the villain from Last of the Mohicans. Yeah. Um, but it's. Just, but yeah, I enjoy it. And also, I really very shouldn't. very briefly, Dane Cook is in that movie, isn't he? Yes, he is. Yeah. And here's the thing. Very, I mean, super briefly. Very. Yeah, and I gotta say, I mean, one of the. I feel like one of the easiest things in the world is a montage of goofy superheroes, uh-huh. and that film wastes that opportunity. <laughs> like. There's not one funny thing. Paul Rubens, uh, but he's not in that moment. But he's, I forgot to mention him. Right, yeah. He's delightful as well. But yeah, it wastes that opportunity. So like, as a comedy, I feel like it kind of fails because it's not incredibly funny in a lot of areas. But I still love watching it. And I really shouldn't. Um, yeah. 
You know the, the the part where Ben Stiller like f- freaks out like because his whole thing is that he loses his temper like right. it's but it's always really ineffective. Yeah. <laughs> and he freaks out on the limo and he's like trying to scratch through it or whatever. Yeah. Do you feel like Ben Stiller's maybe the only one involved who knew that was supposed to be funny because it's not filmed or edited or presented to us in a comedic way at all. It's like you have to search for the fact that he's being funny in that mm-hmm. in that scene. That's I mean, what I'm talking about when I talk about the clash between between Ben Stiller's sensibility. Yeah. Because the movie, I mean, I know he's just one part of it, but he's kind yeah. of the lead. And it, a lot of it feels like his sensibility. But the clash between that and this director. Although one could say that by filming it as if it were a regular superhero film, which like it ha- like it, it goes with this down almost completely uh, downward angle of him like raising his fist to the sky and like screaming because he's getting so angry, uh-huh. and then basically he decides he wants to tear off the I would <laughs> I don't know what you call it like the 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 logo emblem thing on the front of the car <laughs> right. like, that's what he's taking his rage out on like. <laughs> But it's filmed as if this were, you know, the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> right. Like, that, so you think that's, that's that's part of the joke? I think that is part of the joke, but actually. But, again, it's a failure if it is. Yeah. Because that, uh, again, to bring it back to the Ben Stiller show, that kind of stuff was done to great effect on the Ben Stiller show. Like, when yeah. he would do, when he does, like, that live thing where he's Bono. Do you remember that sketch? I on, don't recall. On the Ben Stiller show? It's so convincing mm-hmm. that this is, like, something that you would see on MTV. Yeah that it it actually adds to the joke. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, I haven't I there's there's a lot of great yeah, I, I second David on this. I, I, I didn't uh I didn't mention it earlier. But yes, by all means go and watch the Ben Stiller show. Because here's the thing. If you do not find Andy Dick funny and I do not, watch the Ben Stiller show. He's doing everyone's doing great work on that show. Yeah, um, he Andy Dick became unfunny a lot earlier than a lot of comedians. Yeah. Because he was fun at Ben Stiller and News Radio. Man, yeah, he was true. great, and then he went. Oh, he went to Robin Williams territory quick. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I would even. Say I just that. mean becoming unfunny. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. Um, so another movie that I would mention is, um, and it's been mentioned a lot lately on um, the best show on WFMU. Oh, right. Which is Clifford. Which is something that because of its, it's been mentioned on on the best show. Uh, I need to revisit it because I haven't seen it in almost ten years, and I didn't like it. Yeah. And my comedic sensibility has certainly changed. I watched, yeah, I watched it a month ago, and it's, it is disturbing. And it, it was, it was actually quite, uh, I'd say, illuminating to, uh, to hear Martin Short on the best show talk about it and what he liked about it. Just that, like, just the way and the way he plays this ten-year-old child who's just insane and a little evil. And he just and he em- and he embraces the creepiness of a forty-year-old man playing this. Uh-huh. Like he doesn't try and play a ten-year-old child. He's trying to play a forty-year-old man playing a, a ten-year-old child. Like uh-huh. it's really, and he just plays that up. Like he do he, he does this little thing. I I can't do it. He does this little thing. Like just as like any time Clifford is about to uh, involve himself in some mischief. He does this little face where, like, he stares straight ahead, and one of his eyelids kind of droops, and he come and he has like this weird, creepy smile, <laughs> and it's, it's hilarious because it's so creepy. But it's not a good movie. I mean, uh-huh. it's 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 so it's just weird. It's a weird movie. But I, I mean, you could make the argument that it is a it is a success because. I happen to find the creepiness hilarious, right? But some people, I mean, Ebert gave it like half a star, and if you look at his review, like I've never seen it's the, it's the written equivalent of being rendered speechless <laughs> because he just he's like I, I don't know what this film was trying to do, I don't know if it achieved it or not, I, I don't know how to approach this film. I mean, it's just and it's that kind of movie, and but Charles Grodin is doing funny work in it, and just. I really I enjoy it, but I'm pretty sure I I shouldn't. I'm uh-huh. reluctant to I'm reluctant to have you watch it again because you may actually come back and be like, yeah, I was right. I don't <laughs> like that movie. Um, well, I want to I want I want to close with Michael Bay. So do okay. anything else? Um, uh, but I do want to tell uh, one more mystery men related story. Okay, yeah, I I don't have anything else on my on my list. So um, well, I just wanted to tell a story. When I, I've talked about before how uh, I've never seen more people walk out of a movie than Moulin Rouge. Mystery Men was a different experience, whereas okay. <laughs> about at most 30 minutes of the movie, the audience kind of gave up, but 
decided to hang out and like there were people just like talking to each other it was like it was the weirdest thing in the world it was me i, I went with a whole group of people half of whom or most of whom were in the same boat as the rest of the audience but yeah. it was like me and this one girl joy were like losing our shit laughing at this movie yeah uh, but we felt like we were trying to watch the movie at a party like we yeah, were just yeah. like not paying attention at all but they they decided to stay but just uh ignore the fact that there was a movie going on i as much as i don't like audiences talking i do like the idea that everybody has one collective mind and just decides something <laughs> yeah i kind of respect that yeah um <laughs> that's weird that's a weird experience <laughs> it was very weird um Michael okay Bay, here we let's go. get to my i just want I, I said i'd talk about it at length i just want to get into it into okay. it briefly uh as to whether or not he is the roland emmerich or the tony scott who yeah. makes uh enjoyable dumb movies yeah and i think he started out as tony scott not that he's as good a filmmaker as Tony Scott, but you right. know, in this in that grouping, and has become Roland Emmerich. Yeah, because the first the when we decided we were going to do an episode on guilty pleasures, literally the first movie that came to mind was Armageddon. Okay, because as dumb as it is, I saw it in the theater. I wouldn't trade that experience for anything. I would watch it again tomorrow mm-hmm. uh, if if I had if I owned the DVD, which I don't. But um, uh, it's it's so much fun to watch as dumb as it is. But he's gotten worse i think he's like gotten deeper and deeper inside his own head whereas he he doesn't have any idea how to get a story from one point to the next anymore hmm. you know where he used his michael bay tricks in armageddon and in the rock which i also kind of enjoy on a dumb level yeah less so than i used to because i actually watched the rock again somewhat recently and it uh, it, it bothered me a lot but it's not there's yeah. still a lot of fun stuff in it oh yeah yeah I, you know, it's it's the kind of movie where you don't really care that there's a mining car roller coaster thing under the Alcatraz. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, it shouldn't be there. <laughs> yeah, but you don't care because it's it it's fun. But um, and like the and the the flames shooting up. All all it did now <laughs> is re- all it does is remind me of Galaxy Quest, where <laughs> yeah. you know stuff is in there for no reason except to just be a danger to the characters. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I, I think there was a time. There was never a time that I liked Michael Bay's movies, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but there was a time with with Bad Boys, uh, the first one, obviously, and um, and The Rock and Armageddon. I could see the fun in them. I, I yeah. you know, I could shut my, you know, shut the analytical part of my mind off and just like uh, have fun for a couple hours. And then Bad Boys Two and Pearl Harbor came along. Yeah, and um, it, he 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 lost me. He's he he frames he frames everything as if it's the big thing yeah. you know it, it so it'll be just i i saw the i saw the trailer for transformers 2 yeah. and there's a part like it's the beginning of the movie like the beginning of the trailer is obviously the early part of the movie where it's like everything's nice and happy and like uh it's a family scene like yeah. kevin dunn is like saying some sort of like you know laugh line but then the camera is like low to the ground wide angle lens swooping yeah. across the thing and it's that i'm like what what tone are you trying to hit here because i remember you and i watched pearl harbor together i think right. you had already seen it which I means already seen it, yes. you watched it twice uh i think you were watching it already and i joined you okay because as i mentioned before it is one of those movies that i think is so bad that it's absolutely hysterical I I didn't feel that way, but I remember remarking to you, at like the two thirds two thirds away in the movie, like the camera has not stopped moving this entire yeah. movie. There's no point, even like it'd be like like the like Josh Hartnett and Ben Affleck having some like discussion or whatever. Yeah, I don't know if it's those two actors, and it's just like a quiet scene, and the camera is just sort of like swaying, like it's on a, a hammock in a very gentle breeze. <laughs> it's like, why can't you just keep it still? Yeah, he uh, Michael Bay approaches film uh, like in a Tom Arnold kind of way, where <laughs> he just will never stop moving and just. I, I don't I think he like reads the scripts. <laughs> I, I think he thinks that it's solely up to him and his camera to keep the audience interested. That's entirely possible. I mean, there's, and that's the thing is you haven't seen Transformers and you haven't no. seen the island. I, I saw the island. It. You saw the island? Yeah, I didn't like it. Yeah, I didn't either. But like, I actually liked the first half of it. Because, like, I felt like it had some really interesting sci-fi going on. Uh-huh. And then there's so much stupidity in the action sequences 
in the second half of the film that I almost feel like Bay is just like, oh, enough, enough. I've had it. I've had it. I'm going to like and just like <laughs> like he like somebody was right. You're going to ride a motorcycle through. Somebody's going to ride a motorcycle through a billboard like now. It, right. Yeah. <laughs> and just like I want things to that like giant dumbbells yeah. falling off into the freeway. <laughs> Uh, Michael, we don't really even know what these are supposed to be. I don't care. I'm Michael Bay. <laughs> I gave you your 40 minutes of in, of intellectual sci-fi. You got to give me my 40 minutes of just stupid, dumb shit. Um, and so it's just like, yeah, I I remember uh, one thing that I think a lot of, uh, of um, film students say, uh, and I've said it as well, just something that, that everyone just kind of acknowledges. Like It's like, yeah, I mean, he's a perfectly competent director. It's like, I don't know. I mean, no. he, he can put together, like, an action sequence, but even then, like, you're not 100% sure what's happening all the time. Transformers, I, I don't think he even can put together an action sequence. Yeah. I think he's essentially... Um, he's, a, he's a fairly uh, competent photographer. And okay. that's, I think, the extent of his abilities. But even then, like, if you look at Pearl Harbor, everything is shot from an upward angle to show nobility that to the point that, like... Well, you've done it so much, now everybody looks noble. Yeah, that's why I'm saying yeah. fairly competent. And right. uh, he understands how to frame something that makes it look... Yeah. I don't even want to say compelling. But and then the, like, sh- then the shot will be a second and a half, and then it's on to the next thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it it is... It's unfortunate, uh, because... Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed The Rock. I enjoyed... Uh, I do en- I do recall enjoying the first Bad Boys, but it's been so long since I've seen it. Yeah. Uh, I may need to revisit it. But uh, but you could watch... So, you couldn't watch Pearl Harbor in the same way you could watch Armageddon. He was somebody who was kind of a guilty pleasure, and now you just can't stomach him at all. Yeah, I'm trying to... Which, which came out... Pearl Harbor was first, right? Before... I mean, you don't even know what I'm talking about. No. Before Bad Boys 2. Uh, yes, Pearl. Ha- yeah. yeah, Bad Boys Two was two thousand three. Pearl Harbor was uh, two thousand, I believe. Okay, so Pearl Harbor was the breaking point for me then. Okay, uh, that that was the one that I, yeah, I, I I rented it thinking like, oh, it's two and a half hours long, but at least it'll be a fun two and a half hours, like because Armageddon's like two hours and fifteen minutes long too. Yeah, but it's fun. Uh, but I I was just like punching myself in the knee to keep to keep from like just falling asleep. <laughs> it was yeah. I mean, it's just. Yeah, I mean, Pearl Harbor, to me, because it is so sincere uh, and so bad, uh, I was able to, I'm able to just laugh at it, you uh-huh. know. Um, but, I mean, Transformers, I mean, that one, that's the one that really, I think, not that I really liked a lot of his films in general, but Transformers is the one where I really, really was just like, I don't know which robot is which. I don't know if I'm supposed to care about this one, I don't know if this one's a villain. I don't know if this one's good, like during the action sequences. And then I realized like, I don't think I'm actually supposed to care. Yeah. I think I'm supposed to just be dazzled by the, you know, it's cliche to say, but like the car wrecks and the explosions and the big robots fighting and the loud noises. I think he, I don't think he cares which one is which I think he only wants to dazzle and, and well, we'll you know it's like we'll work out what happened during a dialogue scene, uh-huh. um, and so, <clears throat> so yeah, he's just. Uh, I don't think I don't think I actually. I mean, maybe The Rock, and again, I haven't seen Bad Boys too, uh, Bad Boys in in a long time. But uh, but you can't enjoy Armageddon the way I can. I don't think so. Really, because there it 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 does a lot of things that just bother me because even though it it has an attitude of fun, like it's just like. When it goes through and a character describes all the other characters, it describes like Steve Buscemi uh-huh. and all that. Part of me, like all I can see now, because I have I, I have a hard time with certain films turning off the analytical part of my brain. Apparently, I have no problem with the Friday the Thirteenth film, <laughs> right? But like somehow, like somehow to me, like Friday the Thirteenth, like well, none of the characters, like the only thing different about them is that they have different names. Like that's really all, but. And it's a bu- and it's a no name cast somehow like with Armageddon it's like ah, you're wasting Steve Buscemi you know and you know and uh, Owen Wilson is in it and uh-huh. Will Patton Will Patton and, the great know, Will Patton yeah absolutely <laughs> um, and so just it's like oh you're doing it's like if you're just don't have us don't have characters like have <laughs> just people who need to die or whatever but like 
just I don't know like shortcuts and ref like when it and it shortcuts that disguise themselves as like character development or uh-huh. complex characters like bothers me immensely like just so yeah I I don't think any of his films I could even watch on a guilty pleasure uh in a guilty pleasure way and even Pearl Harbor which I can watch is a so I can only I could I could never watch it alone the way I watch Deep Blue Sea <laughs> I would have to watch it with friends so that I could so I have some release to my uh my mean comments but um anyway so anyway so yeah this is a uh, this this kind of topic I imagine everybody uh has has something it's it it, it fascinated me I mean I was in research I was looking up online like what people have considered their their guilty pleasures and it's movies like you know somebody said uh, like oh shoot now i can't remember but like somebody brought up like movies that were like oscar winners you know oscar winners and somebody like brought up like oh the big lebowski's a guilty pleasure i'm like do you know what it is <laughs> like i mean i understand it's kind of it can be a rather subjective term yeah but like i don't think you get it <laughs> you know i mean but oh well. <clears throat> Um, but yeah, so I'm sure that I'm sure that uh, you, the listener, has some, and you're welcome to discuss it on the forum. I'm sure you are probably upset with some of the things that we have said, <laughs> simply because, like, why? Wait, what? I, I listen to you every week, and you like these? Because you know? <laughs> that's the thing is, you know, I mean, I mentioned movies that David doesn't like, and he mentioned movies that I don't like. Guilty pleasures. It's a very uh, personal thing. It's very personal. Um, so yeah, you're welcome to, uh, to email us. You're welcome to join in, uh, the discussion on the forum. Uh, and, uh, oh, you can email us Tyler at battleship com, David at battleship com, Uh, and then just to reiterate one last time, the donation drive is going until June. Yeah. Uh, there's seriously some really, yeah. May 31st. Yeah. Well, we should say, well, cause we'll, we'll be sometime during the day on May 31st is when we'll, so we should we say May 30th then? What? For the deadline? Oh no no we uh we won't be recording an episode that day we'll be because I'll be out of town. Oh I see right. Okay yeah so then May thirty first yeah. So sorry again one of those things we should have worked out beforehand. I thought I thought I was clear but that's uh, that's fine because I was going to be missing two weekends. Yeah that's um, right. okay so um so yeah okay so, this comes back to the idea that uh, you and I don't see each other except for an hour that's a week. True. That's true <laughs> and the minute we start seeing each other there's a microphone in, my, in front of my uh, mouth. Um, but yeah, so through yeah, you, May thirty first, yeah, you can you can win some. It's some really cool stuff. We went is. over we went over it last week. We're not going to go over it yeah. all again, but um, a, it's all on the list. website. Yeah, it's on it's on the website. Uh, just donate five dollars. Um, at the very least, I mean, it could really help us. Yeah, uh, and we would really appreciate it. So, uh, so yeah, uh, and, and follow me on Twitter, the pretension, Twitter dot com slash. That's important. The pretension. And you can find out all about uh, movies that David's seen and just various things that he's thinking. So, <laughs> all right. So thanks for listening, and uh, we'll get you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.